about heaven, they just think, oh, I'm dead. It's over. Life as I know it is gone. I didn't become a billionaire. I didn't do this. God, Jesus, help me. And that's a bad perspective to have. Why is it a bad perspective? Because you're dying to live. Because people believe, right, that heaven is this boring place. That heaven is this boring place and that heaven when it's, it's all over and I'm just going to do nothing and just sit at the throne and just worship God all day with the angels. And so people have a bad perspective about heaven. Not realizing, ladies and gentlemen, that what you do in this life is preparing you for the next. It's even preparing you for two places. That's heaven or hell. You live hellish here. <laughs> going to be tormented there in hell a lot of times people don't want to talk about hell with us ladies and gentlemen because it, it goes against the idea ladies and gentlemen uh it goes against this i you know this idea that god is not you know he's not sovereign right it goes against oh god is such a loving god he'll send he'll never send anybody to hell you're right he doesn't we do that because of a choice. We do that out of choice. You get what I'm saying? Because, again, God created us all with free will and choice. All right? It is free will and it is choice. And so we make decisions. You do not go to heaven because you, uh, because you live the sinless life. You go to heaven because you choose to believe in the Son which is a part of God's eternal plan for man, which is that we would believe in his son, Jesus, okay? That's how you make it there. Many people believe I've been answering this question so much. Well, I, I, I didn't sin, Pastor. I don't know how. Listen, you don't go to hell because, you don't go, excuse me, you don't go to heaven because you didn't sin. Well, that doesn't, that's not, no, you have to be, all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Here's the catch. We believed in the son, Jesus Christ. Are you getting me? Jesus is our card to get into heaven. Accepting him and genuinely accepting him as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is what gets us there. No other way. There is no many truths that you can go and pick around and get the. There's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way. I am God's eternal plan for man. I Through me is redemption of your sin. Through me is the forgiveness of your sin. Through me, oh my God, is everything that you see that God is, is in me. Are you hearing me? So this past Tuesday, I continued the thought. I continued the idea. Pass me that. I continued the thought about um, heaven. I continued it. And again, I want you to understand that what you do here is preparing you for where? There. <laughs> All right? So that's very important. It's very important. So on Tuesday, I talked about how heaven, will, what will heaven be like? And I, I went and talked to you about how the new heaven and is going to, it's so vast and so big and gave you the measurements that we saw in the book of Revelations. And, 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 then, and, and then I talked to you about how heaven will be a place where all things are made new. So you're, so let me, let me put it this way. Your character now is, is going to be fully perfected there. 
Are you get what I'm saying? So God, so, so many people have asked me the question, why am I going through trials and tribulations and challenges? Why is it when I give my life to Christ, that's when I face the most stuff? Huh? Have you ever wondered that? It's like, I'm going through all of this stuff. Why am I going through all of it? Why? Because God is trying to strengthen your character and get your character ready for it to be fully perfected when you get to heaven. You get what I'm saying? So the things that you struggle now with your attitude, God is getting it worked out so you can be ready for there. So again, you are going to be a new uh, perfected in your character, perfected in your behavior, perfected in the way we look. Hallelujah. I'm going to have a new body. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you don't got to go to a surgeon to get it. Amen. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> some people need to get their money back. I'm just saying. Anyway, so in heaven, watch this. I said you have a new character, new body. And here's the thing that you will also have a new name. Uh, I, I want to give you some background. Revelations 2, verse 17. Revelations 2, verse 17 says this. Um, it says this. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. And I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Amen. All right, just go with me. Just book that mark, that, and then I told you another thing is that we will also know God by another name. And when I said that on the live on Tuesday, people were like, oh, God, what are you talking about? This guy's out of his mind. It's actually in the scriptures. All right, Go with me to Revelations 3.12. This is not on the screen, but I want you to go there. Revelations 3, chapter, uh, Revelations chapter 3, verse 12. You'll know God by another name. Here's why I'm going to back this up. It says this. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God. Watch, the M is capitalized, my God, and the name of the city of my God, new, and the, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my, Jesus is saying, write on him my new name. So you're going to know God by another name in heaven. And why will you do that? Because Jesus is revealing to you another set of his character. So here's the thing. There are certain things that we face and certain things we go through so we can learn the character of God here. So after we didn't learn the character of God here in the earth realm, we got to learn a new type of character of him in a more... Uh, or more in a world that is not full of sin. So we'll know him in another way. So no longer will I have to know him as a provider there because I've known him for a provider here. So I have to know him in another, in another intimate way that other people don't. You get what I'm saying? That is an intimate relationship. Listen, there are some names that certain friends can call you. You don't give everybody your nickname. You don't have that type of access. Everybody who stands up for the awards and say, I just want to thank God. <laughs> Jesus. You just know him by that, but you don't really got an intimate relationship with him. You're just saying that because you think that's the right thing to do. For some people, his name is the guy upstairs. <laughs> 
let me just thank the man from above. <laughs> what man are you referring to? <laughs> Who are you talking about? Are you hearing me? <laughs> All right. So again, now I told you what will heaven be like. But now I'm going to talk to you about what we will be doing in heaven. Because I want to erase a thought that you believe that heaven is going to be bored. Boring. It's not. There will be no boredom in heaven. Matter of fact, those who are in heaven is because they chose to be there. People have this idea, like, I don't want to be just a goody-goody two-shoes in heaven with all the good people. I'm trying to figure out, like, they think that hell is about to be this grandioso party. I didn't, I didn't know. Jesus talked so much about hell that you will know hell will be a place where you are tormented 24-7. In the unquenchable fire. In other words, you, you, your soul is going to be burning and nobody can put it out. Unquenchable fire. We think it's, you know, when we, we always make the joke when it's really hot outside. Oh, God, it's hot as you know what out here. You know what I mean? And then some people say, oh, oh, my God, if you, you want to live right, then, you know, may want to. So people make that joke. But the real serious thing is hell is going to be hotter than the equator. Being close to the equator. It is a tormented thing, tormented in your thoughts. They're screeching screams. I'm not making this up. This is what Jesus said. With gnashing of teeth. So they think, oh, hell, I'm going to be having a, oh, my God, in hell, man, we're going to be playing cards, you know, drinking, smoking, just a good old life. I'm trying to figure out where is that at. And then why is it that people who don't want to really talk about, the people who really don't believe in God, then everybody assumes they make it to a paradise or a heaven. I don't understand that. So we don't want to live with God here, but then when we die, we want everybody to eulogize us and say, oh, I just know they got their angel wings. Here's, let me also break this down to you, right? We do not become angels in heaven. That's not what you will be doing. You were made as a human. God has enough angels. Oh, I just know mama got her wings. I love mama. You know what I'm saying? I just know granddaddy's up there, you know, just flying around. No, a lot of things we say, we said it out of the fact because we're, we're grieving. So a lot of things you hear about, the, I just know they up there playing spades. You know, you know. a lot of things we say that helps us grieve, but it's not factual. It's not actually factual. You don't get angel wings when you get there. God created you as a human being. You get a new body that is, with, that is incorruptible. You get what I'm saying? It ain't plagued by no sickness. You're not getting no headaches. You're not getting no, for you women out there, no more menstrual cycle for you. It's all over. Y'all should have praised God harder on that. I'm sorry. That's saying. So, heaven is not that place. All right, let me tell you this. One, the obvious thing what we'll be doing in heaven is worshiping in heaven. But worship as you know it is not what you think. Are you getting me? Our serving God is worship. See, everybody think clapping of the hands, lifting of my hands. Yeah, that's a part of worship. Speaking adoration to God, praising his name, that's a part of worship. But you don't understand you going on your job even right here. It's still a part of serving God in worship. Huh? 
You think that just because I come here and clock in, came to church, I did a little something, something, then go out, live any old type of way, don't you know your life is to serve as a worshiper? Don't you get it? That means that not only will we be, you know, singing in heaven because we will be singing, we'll be, but it's a spontaneous type of worship in heaven. Do you get it? The reality is this, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be still serving, and I'm going to get into that in a second, but just us in the presence of God, we'll be fully worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Do you get it? We'll be fully worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Just by us go, just by us walking in the purity, we'll be worshiping God. Just us worshiping God, you know what I'm saying? And 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 being on time for work is worshiping God. Come on, man. I'm not gonna look at anybody, you know. Just saying, just, just saying, just saying. Listen, you don't understand that, again, what you do now is preparing you for where? There. So us just living in, in the abode of God and the glory of God will be serving as worship. Through our service, through our acts, through what we it is going to be considered worship. And that's what you need to think, that now I'm not doing this for, the, the, for my boss. I'm doing this to glory, to honor and glorify God. It has nothing to do with you. Because I'm, my, my thing is what the scripture says is do everything like you're doing it unto the Lord. It ain't about them. It's about that I reflect my father here on the earth. And then when I get there, I'm definitely reflecting all of his glory because I'm in his presence. All right, let me build a case for you. Revelation chapter 5, verse 13. It's on the screen, and it says, And every creature which is in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth, such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. This is saying every creature, everything will be singing. Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Sometimes you'll just have somebody spontaneously break out in the worship. Oh, blessed be the name of our God. You know what I'm saying? Just in heaven, just blessing out in worship. Because that's a place, that's what we're going to be doing. But you have to consider that every act that we do in our service and serving God and to reign in and all of that is a part of worship unto God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So again, we'll be, uh, obviously, we will be worshiping in heaven. Let me show you number two. We will be learning continually about God in heaven. Because while we are perfected, watch, watch this. While we are perfected, there we are just like the angels. They learn, they yearn to learn more. We will have a yearning for more knowledge. There are some things that, you know, everybody asks me the question, why does God do this? Why does God do that? All of that stuff. You know what? You're going to figure it out over there. Where you're going to have the ultimate answers to your question. Where God, the master teacher, is going to teach you about why he did this, why he did that. And you're going to constantly be coming up into him. So about that relationship that I thought was heading to marriage. Why you need that? About this.
this thing that, why did you do that? So your whys will be constantly answered because we'll have a thousand some questions. There's so much to learn. It's going to take forever to do it. And let me tell you something. You're not just going to have questions for God. You're going to want to talk to the apostles. You're going to want to talk to the Bible here. You want to want to know, hey, Eve, what were you thinking? You know what I'm saying? Like, but listen, because you are perfected in your character, you will not be cussing Eve out. You just want to have a conversation. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? You know? Everybody, I mean, I've heard people say, oh, I can't wait to talk to Eve. Listen, you're going to be perfected in your character, and that talk is not going to go the way you think it's going to go. All right? So you'll be constantly learning in heaven. Let me give you a scripture to back this up. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, 4. Now we see in a mirror dim, dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as, uh, just as I also am known. So what we know here right now is only, a, uh, it's really them. The scriptures, we have the word of God, but then when we get there, we'll have God himself. Are you getting what I'm saying? We only know, because mirrors back then, mirrors back then in the ancient world were not as mirrors we know now. The mirrors then were not clear. You could barely see yourself. So right now we can bear, we, 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 we have the word of God in its full totality, the ultimate authority of God. And we have the knowledge that God has given us through his word about himself, right? But there's more to the story that God has left to himself for us to know there. <laughs> there are certain things that the Bible is that the God reveals everything you need to know for here. But there's something that you need to know when you get there that God only has the answers for. Because your pastor can't preach it to you because he don't know. Because your pastor, your bishop, your archapostle, whatever they want to call themselves, will be having to learn like the rest of us. And some of them will be corrected about some of their false doctrine. But I'll get into that, you know, uh, I'll digress. Anyway, so uh, anyway, let me keep going. Point three, we will be reigning with God. We will be reigning with God. We will be ruling. Do you not understand in the scripture that everybody's be like, oh, don't judge me. Judge not. All of that, right? They, they tell, oh, you can't judge me. We got songs about it. You know what? All of them songs are in error. How about that? You want to know how they're in error? Because God, Jesus never talks about that you shouldn't judge. He said you couldn't you shouldn't judge with a uh, with a uh, uh, you shouldn't judge with a spot in your eye. So you got to work yourself out before you can talk to somebody else. You get what I'm saying? The other thing is that you don't understand that you'll be judging angels when you get to heaven. So when it talks about judging, you shouldn't be judging in the sense of you trying to come at him with condemnation and you throwing stones when you got a whole lot going on with you. Huh? Don't try to be calling. Don't be trying to play the big bad police and you got stuff going on. That's why God, that's why Jesus had a problem with the Pharisees. They trying to be the police and like, eh, beep, 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 beep. 
you know what I'm saying? Because, but Jesus is saying, look, y'all got stuff going on with y'all. And what you're doing is just only putting on, but I know your business. That's why Jesus, we don't know what he wrote in the sand. But all I know is whatever he wrote, they dropped the stones. Whatever he wrote, they dropped the stones. He, he says, he says, I don't, oh my God, they don't condemn you and neither do I. So you cannot judge a person based on condemnation. You got to be able to bring a, a reasonable uh, judgment to, and, and a, not a reasonable judgment, a reasonable way to bring that person into deliverance. If you see something that's wrong, it is not to say that you're judging somebody by trying to help them or correct it. Because then you start getting into a culture that we are in today where we can't call wrong, wrong, and right, right. That's not doesn't make sense. Here's the thing. You cannot judge anybody based upon your preference, but you have to judge them based upon the word of God. And before you do that, you need to be making sure that your life is being exemplary to what this is saying. Before you come for anybody else. Because what does it mean for me to see a friend of mine who is obviously living wrong and I want to see them make it in and what, why, why would I just going to sit there and be like, girl, you know what? You know, I know you, you know, I ain't going to use that word, but you out there, you know. You know. Can I bring you to G? Come on. Bro, like you, you out here just... Laying with the world, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's bring it home, you know what I'm saying? Like, when we see somebody not treating their wife or husband right, we cannot just be like, oh, God. You know, and then you know what we do? We get in a circle, be like, you know, did you see that? <laughs> you see that? See what I'm talking about? You know, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't do that if I was her. I would tell him like, no, no, you not going to talk to me like that. Huh? Are you telling, come on, I'm telling, trying to tell you the truth. We'll be reigning with God, and so we will be reigning and ruling. And then in heaven, there will be certain places where God will have us ruling over. In heaven. All right. Let me give you some scripture to back this up. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 12. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Revelations 5, 10 then says, and have made us kings and priests to our God. We shall reign on the earth. That we will reign with him. You deny me here, I'm going to deny you. But if you endure to the end, you will reign with me. Are you hearing me? If you endure to the end, if you hold on to the word of God, if you hold on and walk this thing out to the end, you are going to reign with Jesus Christ. All of this tribulation, you ain't going through all of this for nothing. You're going through it so that you can reign at the end. Because at the end of the day, the very thing that, that, was, that was thinking that it was ruling over you, you're going to rule over it. And so you're learning that here now. You're learning how to rule over situations that you go in your life now. 
Are you hearing me? You're learning how to rule over money. You're learning how to be a good steward over it so you can be a good steward over property when you get there. If you're learning how to be an entrepreneur here, you're definitely going to be learning how to do that there. Oh, my God, in this room. I'm learning how to reign here. People think that you can't have dominion. Matter of fact, Jesus, oh, my God, in the beginning, the reason the original intent for man was so that they could have dominion on the earth. That means to rule. That means you govern your family. That means you govern your affairs. Hallelujah. That means you take over territory. Take over certain businesses. You know you got that idea. You know you got that dream. Why are you sitting on it? Why don't you go and take it? Hallelujah. Nobody's going to give it to you. And this culture we live in, everybody thinks that it's all easy. They're just going to give it to me. I'm just going to launch this business and everything is going to work out and everybody's going to come to me. No, you got to work for it. You got to learn how to rule and reign now before you get there. Are you hearing me? It's learning how to do that here. I'm learning now. Look at somebody say, I'm learning now how to reign, how to reign. Hallelujah. A lot of men, you got to understand, we be looking at, oh my God, we be going through certain stuff and you don't understand that you got power to rule over it, but you constantly letting depression rule over you. You letting that those things reign in your life. You letting generational curses reign in your life. When God is giving you power, when God is giving you dominion, why are you holding on to that stuff? Why don't you you show that what who you really are in Christ because God has given you the power to begin to speak to those things and bring it under correction and show it that it doesn't rule me but I rule it I reign over that you need to tell the devil and remind the devil when he arises in your life where he belongs underneath this size 13 foot he belongs there and he's not getting up out of that spot to tell the devil who you think it is who you think I am I'm not nobody's punk I'm a child of the most high God and because I'm a child of the most high God I can tell you where to go you be underneath my foot Jesus said I've given you power to travel over snakes and scorpions but watch this don't rejoice over that rejoice over the fact that your name is written in the book because if your name is written there you'll reign with me in eternity back down we will eat the finest food and drink but listen in our new bodies it is not going to be like it's necessary we'll just have the pleasure of it it's not that it's necessary we know that you can have we, we can imply certain things in scripture because Jesus even when he is, even he was in his glorified body he ate with the disciples even after his resurrection Jesus ate with them matter of fact can I give can I mess with your mind even more when I told you on Tuesday night that there will be no more sea in the new heaven meaning sea as we know it watch this we can have an idea of how we'll be moving in the new heaven, right? Let me mess with your mind. I'm still working with this. Here's this. When Jesus showed up, he didn't go through a door. 
Jesus was present, but he was fully in his body. Now, don't ask me how he did that. We ain't going to know until we get there. But how are you going to transport it? Just look at how Jesus showed up. They were on the boat in his resurrection. They're trying to catch fish. They, was, they had no love. Jesus showed up on the shore, said, cast it on the other side. How did he get there? Jesus just immediately showed up. Just think that, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, can you come with me in my imagination, right? Just in my imagination. Come to Pastor Brandon's imagination for a second. Just in your imagination, I'm like, all right, I want to go back to the New Jerusalem. <laughs> Did I just show up, man? <laughs> I just show up. No more traffic. <laughs> oh, my God. No more. Oh, my God. No more expensive airplane tickets. And if you take spirit, I'm praying for you. They're not full of the spirit at all. <laughs> Do not. They got a spirit, all right, and it's not of God. <laughs> all right, let me give you some Bible to back that up. We'll, we'll eat Revelations 22, verse 17. And let him who thirsts come, and whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. So we know there will be water in heaven. Revelations chapter 22, verse 2 says, Down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. All right? So again, I want you to think like this. Revelations is the end. Genesis is the beginning. So to understand what God is going to do, you got to go back to the where it started. Right? When Adam and Eve was in the garden, God told them what? You can have everything in here. You just can't eat of that tree. Right? In other words, Adam and Eve was eating of the finest stuff in, 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 in Eden. Right? They ate off the trees. You know? So there will, I don't know if there'll be catfish dinners and chicken dinners and for you PG Countyans, your little mumbo sauce. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I, I'm still praying for y'all. Anyway, there will be none of that little mumbo sauce there, EP. There will be none of that fake Popeyes. <laughs> Popeyes. All oh, that Popeyes. Fake chicken sandwich. <laughs> I had to. I had to. I'm sorry. That really disturbed me this week. People are not loyal at all. <laughs> anyway. So we'll be eating of the finest stuff off of the trees. Can I keep going? I'm almost finished. Uh, number five, we will be serving God in heaven. I was mentioning this. Let me go to Revelation 7, verse 15. There will be not a dull moment in heaven. Revelation 7, verse 15, it says, Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple, and he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. Again, we will be serving God. We will be serving God day and night in his temple. We will be serving, doing various stuff. You'll still have hobbies in heaven. There will still be hobbies in heaven. 
People think heaven is exempt from, you know, emotions. You will have joy. You will have laughter. Yeah, yeah. You will have that stuff in heaven. I don't understand where this thought is, is that, that you, 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 this thought, this thought that when you get there, you ain't going to feel nothing. You ain't going to have nothing. And, and, and when we do this, we create that all that we do here is what's, it's, it's over. Most of the times, there are certain promises that you will not see done in this lifetime that can only be fulfilled there. <laughs> there are certain promises that God makes you that you really won't have. You won't see the full totality of it here, but you'll get it there. I'm just saying that I, I want to change your thinking. My perception of heaven has changed because now, listen, I'm not living in the, uh, not that I was, but I'm not living with the mindset that what I do here, oh, it's just all, no, I'm living with the mindset that when I keep my eye on, on the realities of heaven, certain things I don't, I don't hold on to. Let me tell you something. There's certain unforgiveness that I don't hold on to because in eternities, in eternities thought, what does it really matter? What does my grudge really matter? What does it even matter? If I'm living with heaven on my mind, what does this fall down? What is, what is it? And I'm not saying that you're not supposed to be responsible because you're learning how to be responsible here because you're going to have responsibilities there. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, why do you do certain things and why do you have this certain goal? Why is your, money, why is your motive to make money? What's it about? I'm not saying that you can, you shouldn't make money, but why, what's the motive behind it? Because I'm going to make so much here, because I, I can't take it there, and then this and this, this, that, I want to buy this, this, and that. That's fine, but what's your motive? If that's it, you got to have a bigger perspective. There was a man in the scripture that God told a parable about that he was trying to make all this much, much money, and then he did not know that it wasn't even promised. Tomorrow was not even promised to him. And then when he goes out of here, he couldn't even enjoy it. So what is your perspective? What is your perspective? No, I'm living now for there. And I'm living now, and the reality is, is that, yeah, while I go through the stuff I go through, it's just working in me something greater. It's really working in for my good. You know what I'm saying? It is working in me something great. And then here's the thing, because when we think our, our tribulation and the troubles that we go through are so forever, then you don't realize that, guess what, there's something on the other side of this. Joy is on the other side of it. And I can have joy in it now, but if my mind is so stuck on what's in front of me and not stuck on, um, excuse me, my mind's so stuck around the situations and not stuck on the one who's in heaven, who has the power, who sits on the right hand of the Father, then I'm going to be overcome by it. And then I'll be questioning God and I'll be like, oh, are you even real? Six, most importantly, we'll be enjoying fellowship with God and other believers. You hear me? More, what makes heaven heaven? What makes heaven heaven is this, is we see Jesus. That's what I want to get you to understand. Heaven is great, but heaven is not heaven without Jesus there. More importantly, we will be fellowshipping with Jesus and also we'll have fellowship with one another. Will we recognize our loved ones in heaven? Yes, we will. Let me tell you something. Your character is perfected. It is not like that your whole memory gets wiped out. It's, that doesn't happen. 
You will still know who. You will know your grandmother. You will know your grandfather. You will know your friends. You will know people who have gone on before you. You will know them when you get there. All right, let me, let me back that up. First Thessalonians chapter 4. You ready? Verse 17. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. And verse 18, I want you to say, so therefore comfort one another with these words. Oh, my God, they were going through so much in the church of Thessalonica. There was so much persecution, which then caused the conversation about uh, the afterlife in heaven. And Paul was giving these answers to them. He said, I want you to encourage each other with these words. Encourage them with the fact that, guess what? Those who, oh, my God, those who are dead in Christ, oh, my God, shall be caught up. And that those who remain will be all together in an air meeting to be with the Lord. Encourage each other with this. Encourage each other with this. I want you to encourage one another with the fact that, yes, you're going through this now, but guess what? You will be caught up to see Jesus. Encourage yourself with the fact that you'll see him. But guess what? Not only will you see him there, but you can see him here. You can see him in the midst of your troubles and see how he brings you out. You can see him right now working in your situation. Are you hearing me? We can have fellowship with God. We can come to God anytime you want, any time of the day. You can come to him. You'll have a one-on-one conversation. Guess what? We will be so relational with God. And you'll be like, how in the world are all these people up in heaven and God is going to talk to me one-on-one? Guess what? That's because that's the type of God he is. He's still omnipresent. And he can be with you like he's with me. And he can talk to us, have our own relationship together. That's the type of relationship that we have with God that he is so omnipresent he can be one way at another place at the same time that's how we're going to enjoy relationship with God is because there he can fully be himself hallelujah he can fully be himself that's why Jesus couldn't Jesus couldn't wait he said let me leave you the Holy Spirit because I couldn't be at one place at one time but now when I get he definitely can have that type of relationship with me. Are you hearing me tonight? That's my God. And God is trying to teach you that now. You so lonely. And you're like, why am I going through it? No, 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 no. He want to be your friend right now. But you won't let him in. Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens a door, I will come in. God trying to come into your conversation, uh, um, coming uh, to, to your situation and come into your life. But you're leaving him outside of the door like a stranger. You're treating him as a stranger. And you only come and open the door when you want him to come in and do something for you. But God is saying, I want a real relationship with you now. So when you get there, this ain't new to you. You already been experiencing it now. Are you hearing me? Stop leaving Jesus on the outside like he's an unwanted guest. There's some people I want to keep on the outside. You can keep knocking all you want till you're not coming in. But with Jesus, he's a one, he's a guest that you always want at the table. You always want him around because with him, he is everything. And he says in his word, apart from me, you can do nothing. All right, as I come to a close tonight. As I come to a close, I want you to encourage with Hebrews chapter 11, verse 15 and 16. And truly, if they had called to mind 
that country which from they had come out, they would have had the opportunity to return. But now they desire a better. That is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. Listen to me. He's prepared a city for us. A city that is beyond what man can fathom. What description that we can give heaven. He has prepared a place for us and that's the city that we should long for. But in the meantime, while we long and await for heaven and have our minds with, he with heaven on our mind, we need to occupy until he comes. And that's what I want you to understand, that you bring heaven wherever you go. Here's what you got to understand. You bring heaven wherever you go. When you go into your workplace and it's all hellish, you are a piece of heaven that is in that place. And you can bring order and correction to it. That's why when you come into certain people and certain people say, oh, you got this smile, you got this aura about you. Why? Because a piece of heaven is here. The Holy Spirit in me is awakening something in you to let you know I'm just not like any average show. Hallelujah. I'm not like any other average show. What I have and what I possess is so great and what's so great and is so rich and you can have the same relationship too if you would give your life to him. So I want you to occupy. What do we do now? We occupy until he comes. Hallelujah. And we occupy with heaven on our minds. We don't occupy with this only this life is all it gets. No, it's not. This life is okay, but it ain't better than there. Hallelujah. And yet you can live life abundantly here. I'm not telling you not to enjoy it. I'm not telling you any of that stuff. I'm telling you to have a better perspective about life. I'm trying to tell you that you need to be doing stuff with heaven on your mind and not because you want to get up come up oh no 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 you need to do it with heaven on your mind because you are working here because god got some crowns and some mansions waiting for you there he got some land waiting for you there but if you still constantly thinking about this land here yes it's great but it don't compare when you get there you worrying about this for and if you don't get everything that you thought you would get here you'll get it there if you thought that people robbed you from things and tried to keep your hands away from things here guess what god has something greater for you there and everything that you thought you were robbed from god said here you go here you can rest from your labors this is what you should have gotten and this is what the enemy tried to keep from you but guess what this is here i got a seat at the table waiting just for you Look at somebody said you got a seat at the table. You got a seat at the table. You got a seat at the table. And guess what? You didn't have to kiss nobody's tail to get there. All I had to do is accept Jesus. I didn't have to do anything. All I had to do is accept God. I didn't have to go through any other circles. No, all I had to do is believe, confess with my mouth, and believe in my heart that Jesus is the Son of God. Hallelujah. Stop thinking you need to chase this connection. Chase that connection. No, 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 no. I got the ultimate connection. And that's through Jesus. And whoever he wants to connect me with, he'll make it possible. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. And that's heaven's perspective. Heaven's perspective is this. That as long as God before me, who in the world can be against me? As long as heaven's behind my back, as none the world can do about it. 
Hallelujah. That's the perspective of heaven. And that's what you need to remember when you go through this life. When you see the enemy trying to knock at your door, you need to understand what heaven is. That he's under your feet. And guess what? He don't got no power over you. But you got power over him. You need to remember the perspective of heaven. The perspective of heaven is this. That though I go through here, though I go through my labors here, it's working an eternal weight of glory that cannot be proud of God. Though I'm pressed and perplexed on every side, God will keep me in perfect peace if my mind is stayed on God. You have to understand this heaven's perspective is that no matter what, I am an overcomer through Christ. That he that overcomes to the end, he will have a seat at the table. If you believe it, shout hallelujah. what I'm trying to tell you TCF when God does what he does with us you don't gotta wait about it cause we know it was God and when people see what God do in your life don't you take any credit for it but heaven perspective is this not unto us but unto God be all glory and what he does is marvelous in my sight it's marvelous in my sight hallelujah hallelujah I feel good now Hallelujah, it's marvelous in my sight. Hallelujah. I'm working here to get there. I'm working here to get there. I'm not working to make it in. Not by no means. I'm working so I can get my jewelry. I'm working to get my jewelry. I don't care about what you got. I don't care what you got on this life. Guess what? I'm going to get what I get here. And I'm going to get what I get there. Look at somebody say, you can take that to the bank. You can take it to the bank and cash it. You get everything that God wants for me in this lifetime. I'm going to get it. Everything that, oh my God, enemy can't keep nothing from me. He can't rob me of nothing. He can try, but he can try. But guess what? I got a God that neither sleeps nor does he slumber. Oh my God, but he's, oh my God, his eyes are on the righteous. Hallelujah. I thank God for the heaven tonight. I thank God to where Jesus is tonight. I thank God tonight. That's why I can preach hard like this. Because I got a conviction like no other. I know where I fall out a shot of a doubt. God could take me right now. And I know where I'm going. God can take my life now. I won't be scared to die. Why won't I not be scared to die? Because I've been storing up my stuff in heaven. That when I was working here. And they were saying, Brandon, go and hang out with me here. I was storing up treasures. Stop giving, stop giving that. Stop thinking that this is all it is. Stop thinking that this is all it is. There's a greater place that I'm living for. I'm not living for the validation of man. Because at the end of the day, heaven's perspective is that I'm already validated by God. If you don't even give me anything, God gave me everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You still thinking that you live. If you don't give me anything, if you never seek how great I am or what I do, God has already said it.
perspective is I don't need the validation of man. I got it from God. And so what will I be doing in heaven? I'll be worshiping God on that fact. Because I've been validated by God. And you can't tell me nothing. Because I'm his child. Hallelujah. You are not, a, you are not alone. You are his child tonight. And you got to know that God loves you without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, to those who he loves you and he still lets you go through stuff. But guess what? You don't go through it alone. You don't go through it alone. You don't go through it alone. Why don't you lift your hands and give God glory right there. God is such a good God. I give your name praise tonight, Lord. Thank you, oh God, that you have a place prepared for us. A place where we could go. That though we... That we don't rest from our labors, our works follow us there. And I give your name praise tonight. If you're not saved, I offer you Jesus the Christ tonight. We're getting out of here. If you're not saved, I offer you Jesus. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I give you.